The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 89 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's students or science, apostles and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello and Happy New Year. My name is Lindsay Sant. Welcome to episode 89 of The Catholics of Oz. So great to have you with us and we're so happy to be behind the mics again for another year of The Catholics of Oz, brought to you by SQBN. I am joined today by my good friend and co-host, Lino Sabol. Lino, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lindsay. Happy New Year to our listeners. Yes, 2023. Wow. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, I'd also like to make a note that um, happy birthday to Caroline. Absolutely. I think that's what's right. Yes. I think that's right. I'm wondering from Facebook. No, no, yeah. So, <laughs> at time of recording, so today is, the, today is the 14th of January, so this episode will come out a week later. But, yes, it is Caroline's birthday today. Um, Caroline, unfortunately, cannot join us because she is enjoying herself in New Zealand, in uh, Middle Zealand. Earth. Uh, with her, awesome. her annual trip with her family to, to see the in-laws. So, yeah, so she's celebrating yes. her birthday there. So I've, I've already wished oh. her, but a very happy birthday to you, Caroline, and hope you're having... She said that weather in New Zealand is actually good today. <laughs> that was what she noted. Yep. Wow, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. If, uh, if it was for us, though, Lizzie, hot. Oh, yes, so, to yeah. Today we is a blistering 37 degrees. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's only the mid-20s right <laughs> now, but it's going to be 37 20s? degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I uh, I said yeah. to my family on days like today, this is the day where we stay inside, close everything yes, right. up, put on the cooling, yes, and yeah. we just we get yes. through it. But no, yes. that's not the case. Oh, because oh, okay. yesterday, yesterday my <laughs> yes. my son yes. Damien, who turned fourteen years old, uh, just a, a few days ago, <laughs> typical teenager now, said, "Oh, oh dad, uh, my friends asked if I can go to, go to his house uh, today." And I'm like, Damien. Do you know what the weather's going to be? And you're asking me to get out into the hot car and take you over. He goes, yeah, but then you can go home and cool down again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'll take him to his well, friend's house. Well, yeah, they, it does make sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going to love that. That's right, because that. I, I'd made plans to just <laughs> shut myself in. Although today I am uh, I'm going tonight to pick up my mother from the airport. She's uh, coming from Sydney. Um, she's been there for a, a month and a bit, I think it is. Just, a month um, and a bit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's she's landing at about half past eight, I think it is. So, yeah. Cool, so, cool, anyway, cool, cool. going to going to mass this evening and then racing off to the airport with my sister to pick her up. But hopefully by then, hopefully by then it would have cooled down a little bit. Ooh, yeah. I hope so. Well, there's meant so. to be some stormy weather, so that's usually associated with a bit of cooling. So, I hope so. It's yeah. cooling. It's yeah. just like sometimes when it rains, it's very humid. But yeah. it depends. Depends, but hopefully it'll be good for you, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> travel will be good. <laughs> yeah. So all of you who are in the United States, um, enjoy a bit of snow and a bit of cold. Yeah. we've got oh, the heat this time. It's really so. cold in the US. Yeah, yeah I've you, been seeing news yes. and everything. Yeah, they've had a few storms. Wow. So yeah, we're thinking of you, Ooh. by the way, and praying for you. I know yes. there's been a few um, wow. some strong storms that were that happened in recent weeks as well. So, um, you did, like yes, yeah, snow related and so on. So it's pretty intense there. It so, is, it is. Mm. Yeah, so we don't mean to make light of that. We're obviously praying for you as well. But definitely, it's, uh, definitely, yeah. definitely. We're, but I know that, I mean, it's always humorous that when we talk about the heat, they're talking about the cold and then vice versa, cold. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's always either the winter or summer, uh, autumn, 
spring. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have really, really yeah. that, that yeah. Get a good day, you know, go outside and do stuff like um like both of us, Lindsay, you and I are doing at the moment for um for our garden. So Yeah, we've all been the, of, on the garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been on a big garden, garden. binge. I know you and Bernadette have <laughs> yeah. as well, yeah. No, it's been good though. It's been nice to clean up and, and mow. <laughs> yep. Definitely, definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's let's keep this show going then. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be the Catholics of Oz weather report. Uh, and we'll leave that, we'll leave <laughs> yeah. that to the experts. <laughs> um, but if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, firstly, welcome. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, your favorite podcast player, whatever you listen to podcasts on. And don't forget, please, to give us a five-star rating and some positive feedback so that we can hear from uh, reach new people and hear from others as well. We do love hearing from our listeners from time to time, so please continue to send us any feedback as well. SQPN also hosts all of the Catholics of Oz and all of its shows on YouTube. You can subscribe by finding SQPN and hitting that bell to get, uh, to, when, to get notifications when new episodes are released. So when you subscribe, you'll hear about our episode, but also any episodes of other great shows that are on the StarQuest network as well. And there are many, and they are all wonderful. So um, you get a great deal by listening to all the shows that are on StarQuest. So, Lino, let's get started with Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Oh. Spiritually, ecumenically... How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, uh, in the church, Lino, there's been a few things that have happened uh, since um, since our last episode, so just before Christmas last year. Um, and the two big events, really, um, firstly was the um, was the death of uh, Cardinal. Sorry, not Cardinal. What am I saying? Pope Emeritus um, Benedict the Sixteenth. Sorry, I, I'm just getting myself mixed up there. I was going to mention a cardinal. I'll do that in a second. Um, but Pope Benedict uh, died recently, and his funeral was on January the fifth. And um, I wanted to share some Australian connections um, that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth uh, has, especially uh, in relation to his being here in 2008 for World Youth Day. Uh, but also, just in recent days, uh, we heard, and I haven't had as much time to prepare for this, but we heard about the death of Cardinal George Pell, who was residing in Rome at the time when he died. But um, an Australian cardinal uh, was the bishop and archbishop of, you know, in places such as, uh, I think, Ballarat, Melbourne, which is our archdiocese, and then Sydney, yep, um, before, uh, before uh, moving to Rome. I think under Pope Francis to head up the reform um, and basically the cleanup of the of the um, the Vatican Bank, which had um, had some problems with corruption and things like that. So he led the cleanup there. Um, so we haven't had as much time to prepare because it happened quite recently. But I will read a reflection uh, later on from Archbishop uh, Mark Coleridge, who is the Archbishop um, in Brisbane, and he wrote um, I think a pretty good reflection. So. I'll share that later on as well. But let's get started with um, with um, uh, Pope Benedict the 16th. Sorry, I keep getting all the names mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, I'll share the links to the articles that we're using. Um, but first of all, 
just a bit of background, and this one comes from Melbourne Catholic, which is a great news source for me in terms of uh, in terms of the local church here in Melbourne, but also the worldwide church as well. Um, but just some some quick facts um, from this article: Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, um, or Emeritus, I keep forgetting the Emeritus part. Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth was born as Joseph Ratzinger on the sixteenth of April in nineteen twenty seven, and it was Holy Saturday on the day that he was born. Uh, he was born at Marktelam Inn in Bavaria, Germany, and was baptized on the same day. He was the son of a police commissioner from Lower Bavaria and a former hotel cook from, from Rimsting. Joseph was raised in uh, Tronstein, a small village near the Austrian border, an environment the keen pianist and music would later describe as Mozart- Mozartian. In his younger years, he witnessed the hostility of the Nazi regime uh, of, uh, to the Catholic Church firsthand when he saw Nazis beating the local parish priest before the celebration of Mass, and when his father was demoted from his opposition to National Socialism. But his upbringing and formation in a devout Catholic home prepared and strengthened him for, the, for these difficult years. Indeed, it was during this time, and through his family's steadfast witness to the goodness and truth of the gospel, that he came to faith in Christ and friendship with Jesus Christ would become a frequent theme in his preaching in the years to come. Now, just as a side note, uh, you know, a lot of commentary, unfortunately, when someone dies, especially someone, you know, of notes, there's the good things that people say, and then there are the not so good things that people say as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and course, I will address yeah. one. Uh, um, there is this, you know, so people unfortunately attach the word Nazi to, um, to Emeritus Pope Benedict Sixteenth. So he was, uh, he was part of the Nazi youth when he was young, but um, he was conscripted into it. So he didn't choose to be part of it. And in fact, he hated it. Yeah. His family hated the Nazis. That's well known as well. And he deserted the Nazi youth to, um, to join the priesthood as well. So, Sometimes people, you know, say, oh, you know, look, he was a past Nazi and stuff. That commentary is, is nonsense and unfair. Um, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately um, sometimes we have associations with groups that we don't want to have. Um, but context is important as well. So if you look at his papacy, his life, you know, his whole life says he is nothing. He is nothing like a Nazi. He is nothing like that, you know, that terrible evil ideology. Otherwise, he would be a very, very different person as Pope. So, um, so it's well known that, that he and his family, again, hated, you know, the, everything that, that Nazism stood for um, and, that, and that he uh, himself deserted the Nazi youth uh, because of his love of Christ and he wanted to join the priesthood. So he clearly saw the evils of this as well. So I think it's important to address for people who who might hear this from time to time that um he was not a nazi in his heart he never was he never he never loved anything about it his primary love was christ 100% and that leaves no room for the evil ideology of you know of the nazis and so on anyway so we'll leave that i just want to leave that footnote there so that um you know because i know that this question comes up and unfortunately if you go on twitter which, oh, okay. which wow. these days i'm not a big wow. fan of going on twitter because a lot of negative stuff has been popping up recently yeah it um, has been a lot yeah, of negative un- stuff yeah, yeah just uninformed commentary of all kinds of, of of many many topics not just this but um Anyway, that's just my soapbox about Twitter. I'll, go, I'll put that aside now. Um, yeah, but great updates on Starship and SpaceX. I'm loving that. <laughs> Gotta say, yeah. Yeah. Um, look at the positive stuff. Yeah, there are. People. Yeah, there are good look things as well. Stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, there yeah. are some good things too. Um, but, you know, like I said, when someone dies, all kinds of things are said, the good and the bad. Oh, but, of course. And yes, yeah, the good yeah, and the yeah. bad should all be shown, right? No, no doubt the truth about a person's life should be revealed. But those things that are not true should not be, should not be said, at, you know, as part of that person's legacy. So... Yeah, look, but, it's yeah. Yeah, like I said, Lindsay. It's, that's how the media works. Oh, no, just a bit of a side note from our, <laughs> from yeah. our topic. But that's how the media works. They like to look at the the negative and the drama and what's going on behind the scenes, and mm-hmm. you know, finding little, you know, negative things about yeah. a person who passed away. Yeah, you know, that, and the sad reality is that makes headlines, and that's where that's how it it's sad. It's very sad. To the media's credit, um, there was one outlet. I won't name outlets, but there was one outlet who actually fired a journalist who tweeted, you know, goodbye, Nazi fascist pope, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he put the tweet up, he deleted it, but then he was subject to action and, and was, and was fired. And this Good. is not, not Good. from I'm an sorry. outlet. That's, I, know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. not from an outlet that's necessarily, you know, loyal to the church. It's a very secular outlet. So, yeah. So I think, I think people know when you know like there are appropriate things to say and there are inappropriate things to say as well and as a professional especially professional journalists should be you know should obviously be careful what they say and, and be dedicated to the truth of all things as well i really wonder if it is a so-called professional journalism you know so yeah they don't understand it. i don't know if they've done mm-hmm. the work properly they've read things that are, are true and yeah. correct are yes. correct or they're just, just spitting out what they want to say. Yeah. And this is Twitter. You can spit out anything you want to say without thinking. Yeah. And, and causing trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we, uh, with that tangent aside oh. that we just got <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no, that's all right. Yeah. No, moving on. Um, so, um, as, as Father Joseph Ratzinger, he was well known. Um, he was... He was a very intelligent theologian, and this is um, this is very true. All right, that he was super intelligent. Uh, he had a doctorate in theology. He sat on many theological chairs at different universities and schools, and so on, um, and was well known for that. Uh, he, as a priest, he also participated. We should mention this um, in the Second Vatican Council as a pariti. A pariti is basically like a theological advisor. And he made oh, okay. many, yep. yeah. He made many contributions to, um, you know, he, his contributions were to say, remember that the church, you know, is, uh, you know, is here for the people of God, um, and we should be focusing on the language of mercy, not on the language of judgment, which was very much in tune with what, um, with Pope John the Twenty Third, what his intention was for the council as well. So um, that that was one of his contributions. Another one of his contributions was that um, as the uh, you know, as the leader of the Congregation for Doctrine of the Faith, when he was assigned that role by Pope John Paul II, one of his projects was to um, was to pro- uh, to produce and publish the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So this took six years to complete, and it was published in 1992. And the Catechism is basically a a large book full of Catholic teaching on all kinds of topics, on theology, on doctrine, on you know morality. Etc. Etc. So, um, so that's there, and it's a it's a good reference for people to look up when you know it, it's not the only reference. There are many many references. You know, the catechism needs to be read in light of you know church teaching and so on. However, you know, it is a book of church teaching um, and a very helpful one in many ways. So that's another gift to the church from from um, from at the time Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger. Um, and there are a whole lot of other things that we could talk about in terms of his contributions. He's written many. I think he wrote, wrote over sixty books. Uh, 66 books he published on Catholic doctrine. Um, 
And so there are a whole lot of things. He wrote a three-volume commentary called uh, a series called Jesus of Nazareth, published in 2007, 2011, and 2012. And this was his exegesis of, um, of uh, gospel passages talking about Jesus, the life of Jesus. So there's a, a whole lot of contributions he's made to um, the spiritual life and the theological life of the church. So hey, then, Lizzie, did yeah. you use these? Um, did you use these some of these books for your theology? Um, studies? Uh, yeah. So Jesus of Nazareth, the first volume, I, I certainly made reference to. Yes, um, in in different ways when I studied uh, studied theology. Um, my my knowledge of theology is nothing compared to to, to um, Emeritus uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, but he's certainly influential. His writing, especially on Christ, okay. is is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice, very nice, illuminating. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so, oh, just like yeah. Listen, the listeners know that Lindsay's got a master's in theology. So, yeah. I was, I was just asking if you use these books where you do theology, and it looks amazing. I, I, may, I may even pick one up and have oh, a Oh, certainly. <laughs> I'd, recommend, I'd recommend Jesus of Nazareth to people for sure. Um, okay. you know, yeah. Yep. His, his thoughts mm-hmm. and his reflections on, on who Christ is for us, is, I think, are, are beautiful. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Cool, 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 cool. So, uh, the papacy. So, in, on the 19th of April, 2005, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger was elected as the 265th Pope of the Catholic Church. He addressed the crowd in St. Peter's Square from the balcony and described himself as a simple, humble laborer in the vineyard of the Lord. He was the first German Pope in 1,000 years and the oldest person uh, to be elected to the papacy since 1730. He came into the role with, ex- with extensive experience, having been a cardinal for a longer period than any Pope since 1724. So he made a lot of history and uh, we'll get to the last bit of history he made as well in a moment. But his papacy was focused on bringing God back to the center in a world where he said the faith is in danger of dying out. During his reign, uh, so his reign lasted almost eight years, and while that's much shorter than that of his predecessor, because we know that uh, Pope uh, John Paul II, you know, was a, a pope for decades, um, it was yes, nevertheless was, yeah. a significant and spiritual pontificate, including twenty-four apostolic visits abroad, three World Youth Days, including Sydney in two thousand and eight, which was uh, one that I attended, um, and a World Meeting of Families. He wrote three encyclicals. Uh, and uh, a whole ton of, so wrote three exhortations, ran four synods, two extraordinary and two ordinary, and uh, he also created 84 cardinals and uh, proclaimed 45 saints and 855 blesseds, including his predecessor, John Paul II. And we should also talk about another saint that he, uh, that he canonized, an Australian saint, Mary McKillop. So that was yes, also right, a special yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, his, again, his connection to Australia, he's got a few connections there. So he wrote that faith presupposes reason uh, and perfects it. He said the relationship between faith and reason was a, uh, was a reoccurring theme during his papacy, as was the, whole, uh, the role of beauty uh, in the arts in the life of the church. So carrying on the legacy of his predecessors from Pope John XXIII to John Paul II, and in line with the central themes of his first encyclical, Deus Caritas Est, Benedict XVI recognized the importance of interreligious and intercultural dialogue. Although this was sometimes an underappreciated aspect of his leadership, during his pontificate, this dialogue was marked at times by difficulties and misunderstandings, but Benedict preserved, uh, persevered in reaching out to those of different religions, faiths, and cultures. Pope Benedict XVI's reign coincided with a particularly challenging period for the church, marked by the clerical sex abuse crisis and the Vatileak scandal. From the outset, he tackled these crises with resolve and clear-headed and a clear head, laying the foundations for later reforms under Pope Francis. 
As Pope, Benedict was unrelenting in his struggle against pedophilia within the church, enacting regulations to improve law enforcement and the prevention of sexual abuse, resulting in a significant increase in the number of priests suspended from their involvement in cases of sex abuse and in a number of bishops disciplined for their mismanagement of the church. So there was a real turning point in this issue under Pope Benedict XVI as well, which Pope Francis has continued as uh, continued on with. So, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, early in his reign, responding to the financial scandals of the Holy See, Benedict XVI also initiated reforms to improve transparency in the management of the Vatican's finances. So... Uh, and then we know that Pope uh, Francis continued this, and there's that Australian connection again, because Cardinal Pell was then one of the people who was called to actually lead the charge in um, in fixing the, the scandals in the Vatican finances as well. So, so then we know that on the 28th of February, 2013, uh, Pope Benedict XVI retired, making that surprise announcement that he was stepping down. He was the first Pope to step down in 600 years, almost 600 years. Um, announcing his decision to resign in Latin, he explains that having examined his conscience, he had concluded that my strengths due to advanced age are no longer suited to an adequate exercise of the Petri ministry. Pope Francis reflected on this decision um, of Pope Benedict XVI, and later he said, he is a man of God, a humble man, a man of prayer. I was so happy when he was elected Pope. Also, when he resigned, for me, it was an example of greatness, a great man, only a great man does this. So from the time of his resignation, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI continued to live within the Vatican walls as uh, at the uh, Mater Ecclesiae Monastery, writing theology and upholding God's people in prayer. He was in poor health for many years, and as his condition worsened in late December 2022, Pope Francis called for continued prayer to accompany him uh, in these difficult hours. And then as we know, so he died on uh, New Year's Eve 2022, and then his funeral happened in St. Peter's Square on the 5th of January, 2023, with Pope Francis presiding. So that's just some, uh, some uh, facts and things about his life. But I wanted to say more, Lino, about the Australian connection of um, Pope Benedict XVI as well. And uh, so what I thought was the best way to, um, to do that was to, to uh, talk about his homily from World Youth Day 2008. So uh, I went with um, our good old Holy Family Parish Youth Group at the time. We uh we bust thirty about thirty young people and, and some adult leaders, including myself. Yeah, I think you were just got. I think we were just married with it, weren't they? Yeah, Wouldn't Isabel you? and I just got married. <laughs> yep, uh, in, yeah, yeah, uh, in March, yeah. and then in July we were yeah. yeah in Sydney, and by that time we were pregnant with Damien too. So a lot had happened. Wow, a lot had happened. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it was. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so Isabel wasn't bust. Uh, we uh, so my auntie Miriam, uh, sister auntie Miriam, she's uh, sister auntie sister Miriam Sant, but we call her sister auntie. Miriam. She's a nun in, uh, in New South Wales um, at Port Kembla, um, at St. Patrick's in Port Kembla. Uh, she, uh, she and her and the, and the sisters she was with were kind enough to, um, to take Isabel in. So uh, Isabel, we flew her over <laughs> rather than, you know, rather than bus her. That would have been awful for a pregnant woman to go through that, oh, you know, that no, drive on a, bus. on a bus. Yeah. Because oh, no, we hired no, no, three no. minibuses basically. So um, that was it, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Avis, Avis, uh, Avis buses, they were, they were really kind actually. I told them what we were going for, uh, why, what we were hiring the buses for. The woman that I spoke to was a Christian 
And when I told her that we we're going to World Youth Day, she gave us a massive discount on these buses too. So it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Okay. But even with that, I didn't want to put Isabel on the bus. So yeah. So she was looked after by Auntie Miriam and, and the nuns. I still tease her to say, you know, they, you know, she was um, pampered by the nuns. I know that wasn't the case, but there was, there were. That was so beautiful in being kind to her. Um, and in fact, um, in fact, uh, just as a side note, my son Damien, his middle name is Benedict. So he's Damien Benedict Sant. And that Benedict was because, was because of Pope Benedict XVI as well. Um, so what I thought I'd do is share very quickly um, some excerpts of his homily. If I read his whole homily, it would take forever. And in fact, these excerpts are quite long as well. So, um, But what I wanted to do really is in sharing this is just to give a sense of the man um, in terms of his theology and in terms of the, the depth of his intellect as well. So this was the message that he communicated uh, in his homily at the closing Mass of World Youth Day at Randwick Racecourse, which, by the way, I love on the Vatican documents that it has delivered at Randwick Racecourse. So there's an Australian you know, place names there now in, in that document. Uh, and he was reflecting on Acts 1 verse 8, which was the theme of World Youth Day, which was, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what he said. We have seen this promise fulfilled. On the day of Pentecost, as we heard in the first reading, the risen Lord seated at the right hand of the Father, sent the Spirit upon the disciples, gathered in the upper room. In the power of that Spirit, Peter and the apostles went forth to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. In every age and in every language, the church throughout the world continues to proclaim the marvels of God and to call all nations and peoples to faith, hope and new life in Christ. In these days, too, I, too, have come as successor of St. Peter to this magnificent land of Australia. I have come to confirm you, my young brothers and sisters, in your faith and to encourage you to open your hearts to the power of Christ's spirit and the richness of his gifts. I pray that this great assembly, which unites young people from every nation under heaven, will be a new upper room. May the fire of God's love descend to fill your hearts, unite unite you ever more fully to the Lord and his church. And send you forth a new generation of apostles to bring to the world the world to Christ. But what is this power of the Holy Spirit? It is the power of God's life. It is the power of the same Spirit who hovered over the waters at the dawn of creation, and who in the fullness of time raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power which points us and our world towards the coming of the kingdom of God. In today's gospel, Jesus proclaims that a new age has begun in which the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all humanity. He himself, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, came among us to bring us that Spirit. As the source of our new life in Christ, the Holy Spirit is also, in a very real way, the soul of the Church, the love which binds us to the Lord and one another, and the light which which opens our eyes to see all around us as the wonders of God's grace. Here in Australia, this great Southland of the Holy Spirit, all of us have had an unforgettable experience of the Spirit's presence and power in the beauty of nature. Our eyes have been opened to see the world around us as it, as it truly is, charged, as the poet says, with the grandeur of God, filled with the glory of his creative love. Here too, in this great assembly of young Christians from all over the world, we have seen a vivid, we have had a vivid experience of the Spirit's presence and power in the life of the church. We have seen the church for what she truly is, the body of Christ, a living community of love, embracing people of every race, nation, and tongue, every time and place, in the unity born of our faith in the risen Lord. Yet this power, the grace of the Spirit, is not something we can merit or achieve, 
but only receive as pure gift. God's love can only unleash its power when it is allowed to change us from within. We have had to let it break through the hard crust of our indifference, our spiritual weariness, our blind conformity to the spirit of this age. Only then can we let it ignite our imagination and shape our deepest desires. That is why prayer is so important. Daily prayer, private prayer in the quiet of our hearts and before the Blessed Sacrament, and liturgical prayer in the heart of the Church. Prayer is pure receptivity to God's grace, love in action, communion with the Spirit who dwells within us, leading us through Jesus in the Church to our Heavenly Father. In the power of His Spirit, Jesus is always present in our hearts, quietly waiting for us to be still with Him, to hear His voice, to abide in His love, and to receive power from on high, enabling us to be salt and light for our world. Dear young people, let me now ask you a question. What will you leave to the next generation? Are you building your lives on firm foundations, building something that will endure? Are you living your lives in a way that opens up space for the spirit in the midst of a world that wants to forget God, or even rejects him in the name of a falsely conceived freedom? How are you using the gifts that you have been given? the power which the Holy Spirit is even now prepared to release within you. What legacy will you leave to young people to come? What difference will you make? The power of the Holy Spirit does not only enlighten and console us, it also points us to the future, the coming of God's kingdom. What a magnificent vision vision of a humanity redeemed and renewed we see in the new age promised by today's gospel. St. Luke tells us that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of God's promises the Messiah who fully possesses the Holy Spirit in order to bestow that gift upon all mankind. The outpouring of of Christ's Spirit upon humanity is a pledge of hope and deliverance from everything that impoverishes us. It gives the blind new sight, it sets the downtrodden free, and it creates unity in and through diversity. This power can create a new world. It can renew the face of of the earth. The world needs this renewal. In so many of our societies, side by side with material prosperity, a spiritual desert is spreading, an interior emptiness, an unnamed fear, a quiet sense of despair. How many of our contemporaries have built broken and empty cisterns in a desperate search for meaning, the ultimate meaning that only love can give? This is the great and liberating gift which the gospel gives. It reveals our dignity as men and women created in the image and likeness of God. It reveals humanity's sublime sublime calling, which is to find fulfillment in love. It discloses the truth about man and the truth about life. The church also needs this renewal. She needs your faith, your idealism, and your generosity so that she can always be young in spirit. In today's second reading, the Apostle Paul reminds us that each and every Christian has received a gift meant for building up the body of Christ. The church especially needs these gifts of young people all young people. She needs to grow in the power of the Spirit, who even now gives joy to to your youth and inspires you to serve the Lord with gladness. Open your hearts to that power. Through the loving intercession of Mary, Mother of the Church, may this 23rd World Youth Day be experienced as a new upper room from which all of us, burning with the fire of your love and love of the Holy Spirit, go forth to proclaim the risen Christ and to draw every heart to Him. Amen. So that's a uh, that's just an excerpt, Lino. There's a lot more as well, but that's the power. That's the power of his preaching, the power of his of his theology coming through there. And I thought that was quite Definitely. beautiful. Um, were there any yeah. words, anything that stood out to you from anything that I've talked about so far with with Pope Benedict? 
Nah, he's a beautiful soul, beautiful man. Um, I, I personally don't really follow the Vatican um, that much, unless it's just um in the news. But, but hope it's positive news. I'll try to find positive news. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Um, and I remember that time that he came in 2008. I think you, myself. And Caroline Roll getting married in the same year. In the same year, and that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember that because um, Pope did, Pope um, um, Benedict, yeah, Pope Benedict did come over. Well, I couldn't remember it was Melbourne or Sydney. That was the only thing I remember. When you said Randwick, Randwick, oh, Sydney. Like, so he only came Sydney. to Sydney. Yeah, Randwick Racecourse. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Has any popes come to Melbourne? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. John Paul II has come to Melbourne for sure. Um, yes, he has, but that was so many years yeah, ago, wasn't I it? I think John yeah. Paul VI came to Australia, but I don't remember. Sorry, John the sorry, Pope John the Paul the Sixth Paul the Sixth. Sorry, I think he came to Australia too, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if he came to Melbourne. Okay, but John Paul okay. II okay. definitely did because I was there as a young. Yes. Me and Caroline were there as young children. That was it. Yeah, I can't remember yes, what yes. happened, but I know we were at the MCG, and there was a yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the part um, like from his homily is the one about his, um, asking the, the young people. Um, it's like, let me ask you a question. What will you leave to the next generation? Definitely. Are you building your lives on firm foundations, building something that will endure? Yeah. Are you living your lives in a way that opens up space for the spirit in the minds of the world that wants to forget God? I mm. want to highlight that because mm-hmm. we live in such a secular world that it sort of, they brush the the, uh, the meaning of God away, and you know, um, encouraging us to look at other things besides God. Yeah, and um, this this resonates for me because, of course, you, you, all of us know that we're all part of a youth group, and 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 sort of that makes that um, the stepping stone, yeah, in a way for towards the youth and everything, and um, and of course, also the part is how you're using the gifts you have been given the power which the Holy Spirit has given, even now prepared to release within you. Mm-hmm. So the gifts of the youth to the next generation yes. and how are you going to do that to keep, to keep um, um, going on. And the, the, good, the um, good point is, is because we ask this is because this is a good foundation of our faith because once, um, you know, all of us pass away and move on, yep. you know, how are we, building and faith to the next generation and the next and the next. And it's not only for our Catholic faith, it's all other faiths as well yeah. out there too, who are trying to do that as well. And, and the foundation would mostly be with the young people. Yeah. You know, who was it Lizzie? Um, you know, I think our parents have said like, you, you teach them young and they'll know. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yep. like riding a bike or, mm. or doing something like that. You teach them young and during the foundations of that, then they'll know, how to um, go on with life with yeah. that. So, yeah. 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 Give them the, founda- the spiritual foundations through your witness, you know, to your own, your own children and other young people. Um, you remind me of, a, of something that happened, at, I remember, at school last year. It was with a, a Year 12 religious education class. And, uh, and I was talking about, you know, I was asking them, you know, what's, what has your experience of school been, you know, now that you're finishing up very soon? And some of them were getting a bit bitter and they were saying, we were never taught any practical life skills. Like, we were never taught how to change a tire. We were never taught how to, you know, do tax wow, returns. That's and bank, you know, bank. And, you know, that like, is so, so correct. It is, Co- it is correct. true. Yeah. It is true. But, but there's some, but I challenged them on this, right? Because I was saying, I was saying this, right? I said, but, but what about 
in terms of leaving a legacy, do you, don't you think we've ever talked about things like that with you? And they they didn't seem very interested. Uh, they like, you know, they'll, they'll question me, say, why, "Why should I care about legacy?" Which is what you know Pope Benedict XVI was saying. And I said, "Think about this, right?" I said, "Think about this. One day you're going to die. <laughs> it's a bit morbid, right?" I said, "But one day you're going to die." Well, and, I and I said, "Yeah." yeah and I yeah, said, "And yeah. I said, well, what do you want people to say about you?" Uh, to remember you, I said, do you want them to remember you because you knew how to change a tire and do a tax return and the other practical things? Or do you want them to remember you because you were faithful, you were inspiring, you you cared about people, you know, whatever whatever it might be, right? You know, what do you want them to say about you? It's like, oh, yeah, he was all right. He could change a tire. Thanks. You know, <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. These skills should be passed on to you. Absolutely. 100%. These life skills need to be passed on, right? But But what about building a legacy as, as Pope Benedict, you know, what, what will each generation of young people leave for the next generation of young people? Um, and he spoke about a lot of themes in that homily, but also in other preachings at World Youth Day, he spoke about, you know, our environmental legacy, you know, our, yeah, our, our legacy of how the church is known to others, to those outside the church. How is the church known? Is it known as a, you know, a, as this merciful community that, that welcomes others or, as this judgmental group that says you're not good enough to be here. So, you know, even he was very clear on, on all of that too. Yeah, yep, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Good musings, Lino. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll finish with a fun fact. All right. So uh, uh, one final Australian, Australian connection. So if anyone has seen when, uh, when Pope Benedict's uh, body was uh, on display in the church. So in the Vatican, it was on display for a few days before his funeral. So people could pass through, and venerate, you know, him and, and his life and so on, uh, and pray there before his remains. Uh, he was buried in a red chasuble, right? Which is the those robes that priests, you know, that what they what they wear when they're um doing mass, right? Doing mass, yeah. yeah. So, so got different yeah. colors in different days, yep. is that correct? Liz? Yeah, there are different yeah. colors for yep. different uh, times and so on. Uh, his was times on. Yep. Yeah, so his was a red one, and uh, there were some people, some organizers from World Youth Day, who had said that looks fairly familiar what's going on here so then uh, and i've got an article from the catholic weekly linked here so that people can see this too um archbishop uh anthony fisher of sydney confirms this and he put the following on facebook i'll read it word for word pope emeritus benedict the 16th remarked to me on many occasions how much he loved his visit to sydney to celebrate world youth day in 2008 in a highly symbolic move the Pope Emeritus is currently lying in state, this was before his funeral, lying in state wearing the World Youth Day chasuble that he wore on the final mass for World Youth Day at Randwick. And the Vatican has confirmed that he'll be buried wearing the same chasuble. What a wonderful oh, tribute to how much me. he loves World Youth Day 2008 <laughs> yeah. in Australia. So there, there's even that, you know, that oh, wow. final Australian connection, which is beautiful. So he's, that's, that's what he asked to be buried in. Um, and he was. So, um, yeah, just, uh, I feel a bit teary thinking about it, right? But, you know, just that beautiful um, me symbolism, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, um, he's, he's come to Australia, he's come yeah. to, to Sydney to with World Youth Day. Yeah. And it's amazing that that resonates to him. He, yeah. he, I think that's the memory he wants to remember all the rest of his life while, yeah. while he was alive. And that's probably what kept kept on coming into his mind all the time. Yeah. And then, would he? Would he? Would he be the? Would he the one deciding before he he passed away? Say, look, guys, I want to be dressed in here. Yes, I want to be dressed yep. in these vestments that yep. I, um, I, I came to Australia, um, Sydney to, um, 
talk to these young people in World Youth Day. Like I, that's that's so beautiful. Yeah, like, so they certainly imagine. um yeah. So popes do leave their wishes, you know, before they die. They've I mean, this is well beforehand, right? They've oh, they've written their that's almost like, same as yeah. all, all of us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sense, um, yeah, Pope John Paul II wanted to be um, buried in a simple casket with the with the symbol of Mary. There was an M. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they, yeah. They, that was his final wish. You know, they do this. Um, yeah, Pope Benedict XVI, I haven't got it here. I might do it for a future episode if I remember, but he left his spiritual testament testament as well, which was like his, you know, last spiritual words. He wrote it a while ago, but these were the last spiritual words he wanted, you know, remembered about nice, him. Nice. Um, yeah. And his, his last words, uh, before he died were Jesus, I love you. Simple yeah. as that. His whole life, the summary of his whole life was his dedication to Christ, which I thought was beautiful too. A man of high symbolism, you know, powerfully symbolic, powerfully intellectual. And I think, um, I think he left a lot of great gifts for the church and, you know, now as history unfolds, his legacy will, be, you know, will be decided by, you know, historians of the church and so on later on down the track. So nice. we'll yep. let that happen. Yep, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, to close off this, uh, this, um, little faith beyond borders, it's actually been quite long, so we do need to finish off. <laughs> no, um, there's a lot to talk yeah. about. It's all, yeah. good. It's all good. Um, but I thought I, I did want to mark also, um, the passing of Cardinal George Powell as well. Um, having an Australian connection, I think it's important to, to mention him. Uh, so again, history will, you know, decide what his legacy is. Um, there are, there's the good and there's the not so good. And I think we need to acknowledge all of that. Um, you know, again, a very intellectual person, um, you know, a very imposing figure is as he's described in the media and by others as well, even by his colleagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and there's all the things that come with his life. So I think, um, uh, I think the, the best summary that I've read so far is from Archbishop Mark Coleridge. And this was his statement on the, um, on the life and achievements um, of the um, of Cardinal George Pell, so I'm going to read it word for word, and um, and I think for now, again, because we haven't had much time to repair, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, I will mention though that he died of complications following a hip replacement surgery. Um, so he, uh, I think he had a, I think heart failure or something along those lines. Oh, um, wow, yeah, and, yeah. It was, yeah. So, and again, being 81 and quite advanced in age, the, there are these risks when people go through surgery. So he died in Rome um, uh, that way. And his funeral is going to be at Ro- in Rome as well. I, I don't have the exact uh, date uh, of his yeah, funeral, but I don't know. I think at time yeah. of recording that hasn't been decided yet. Uh, but this is, this is um, Archbishop Coleridge's statement. He said, The Catholic Church in Australia has known few more extraordinary figures than George Powell. A product and priest of the rural diocese of Ballarat, he rose to be not only Archbishop of Melbourne, but extraordinarily Archbishop of Sydney as well. It was unthinkable then that the Archbishop of Melbourne would be moved to Sydney. As was said at the time, it was an insult to both. It took George Pell to break that mould. With the move to Sydney, he was named Cardinal, which brought with it a further enhancement of his Vatican profile. This led eventually to his appointment as Prefect of the Secretariat of the Economy, of the Holy See, charged with leading the financial reforms begun by Pope Benedict and pursued by Pope Francis. Then his legal troubles erupted in Australia in circumstances that remain unclear. Pell became the victim of an outrageous injustice as he was convicted and jailed for 13 months before final vindication. The spiritual poison strength he showed through all of this was extraordinary. It revealed a depth to George Pell that was that often went unrecognized. Through his legal troubles, he was identified wholly with the Catholic Church and vice versa. Pell was the church and the church was Pell, big, powerful and heartless in the eyes of many. Partly this was because in his public persona in Australia, 
Pell had presented himself himself self-consciously as the voice of the Catholic Church. Those who didn't know him thought Pell heartless and humorless, and his media persona could suggest this. Yet if George Pell had anything they were sorry, yet if George Pell had anything, there were a good heart and a sense of humor. It was a pity that more of this didn't show in his media appearances. He didn't claim to be a saint. Yeah, he knew he was flawed, but he did claim, and rightly, to be a man of faith and a man of the church. He once told me how struck he was by the words on the Roman tomb of Cardinal, Cardinal Alfredo Ottaviani, Venhimenta, uh, Ven oh sorry, I won't read the Latin because I can't do it, but in, in English it said, vehemently he loved the church. George said, however, that he'd prefer on his own tomb, vehemently he loved the Lord and the church. There was nothing bland or half-hearted about George Pell. He was strong, even vehement in his faith, his convictions, his likes and dislikes. He could be a fierce opponent, unafraid to enter the battle. At times, this could make him seem an ideological warrior, which did not serve him well. It, was, it certainly wasn't George Pell at his best. He was always a polarizing figure, stirring strongly and contrasting, and contra- stirring strongly contrasting reactions. He had both passionate friends and passionate foes. In part, this was because his deepest instincts were those of a politician who thrived on opposition and conflict. It was also tied to an apocalypse. It was also tied to an apocalyptic view of the world, world seen as an arena where good and evil, life and death, light and darkness contended. There wasn't much middle ground for George Pell, not too many shades of grey. But that, but that he had unusual gifts of leadership is certain. Intelligence, courage, conviction, self-confidence, political nous and tenacity among them. Though he chose a life in the church, George Pell would have been a leader in any field he had chosen. It will take time to assess his legacy in the church in Australia, which will prove as complex, even as contradictory as the man himself. For now, we give thanks for the gifts of George Pell brought to us and the challenges he posed. And we pray that beyond all the struggles and sorrows he knew, this extraordinary man of faith and of the church, our brother George, will come now before the Lord of mercy, who will say to him simply, as Julian of Norwich predicts for each of us, thanks for all you've done. Eternal rest give to George, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon him. May he rest in peace. Amen. And Yeah, and I think, that, I think that's a fairly good statement from all the different ones that I've read because it acknowledges um, the greatness of the man, but also the, um, the troubles of the man as well. So, you know, in, in all of his life in the church. And, and I know that internationally he's known differently uh, in a more positive light, and I acknowledge that. Uh, whereas in Australia, he's known as a polarizing figure, you know, as, yeah. as having, you know, as having these great strengths, but also, um, also some of these troubles that, um, uh, that plagued him as well. And, uh, you know, you, you only need to look at things like the Melbourne commission and the Royal commission and, you know, all the other things that happened around him, you know, and some of his public statements, which were probably not as merciful sometimes as they could have been, um, you know, which which did give him a, re- a particular reputation, um, but he was a fighter, and I think his being a fighter in some cases was also a strength because he did have debates. I've seen different debates that he's had with different people, yeah, and I remember they, that, and yeah. they were quite spirited, you know, and um, and at, at the center of his, you know, of his spirited debate was also was always a witness to Christ, which I think was good. So I, I think um, the best 
statement that the Archbishop made was, let's let history now decide what his legacy is going to be. I think that's quite yeah, exactly. fair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Definitely. So yep. uh, let's move on from there and let's talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. So, Lino, I've got a very short one for science today. Uh, yeah. This one, of all the different things I, I did in researching for the science topic, Carolyn sent me wow. a few as well. I, uh, okay. I loved this one. I think it's quite great. Um, so, this one comes from Aletia, uh, which is a, a Catholic publication online, uh, and it's about Roman self-healing concrete. And as soon as I read the title, I thought there has to be a science behind this. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this has been talked about for, for over a decade, scientists, you know, researching Roman concrete, ancient Roman concrete. And it says here, researchers have found the secret to Roman concrete's self-healing. So I'll just share some thoughts, some things from this article. So it says methods to make the strongest concrete were lost thousands of years ago, but they may make a comeback in the 21st century. There's a reason that buildings constructed by the Roman Empire upwards of 2,000 years ago are still standing. The Romans had discovered a method of mixing concrete that far surpassed the technology of today, but this knowledge was lost to time. Now, however, an international team of researchers has identified the long-lost secret that gives Roman concrete its longevity, and it could come back into style in the 21st century. So... Citing CNN, it says that they report that the study team, a joint effort of experts from the US, Italy, and Switzerland, examined samples of Roman concrete from the site of uh, Privernum. The samples showed the unusual mix of materials, slaked lime, volcanic ash, and rock, as well as smaller rocks and particles called tephra. It's It's not that the samples were any different to the makeup in previous studies examined, but this time researchers noticed something that had been overlooked for decades. Mistake is the next title. Roman concrete. <laughs> yeah. So, in, so uh, this in this part, it talks about how researchers made a mistake uh, in some of their assumptions about Roman concrete. So it says the following: Roman concrete samples generally show small white chunks in the concrete called lime clasts. For the longest time, experts believed that these were undesired elements of the concrete brought about by more poor materials or mixing. Now, however, they have found that the lime clasts are likely the key to the Roman concrete strength. Admir Masik, lead author of the study, stated that they began to question the presence of lime clasts as an accident because the Romans were very deliberate in their selection of materials. According to New Atlas, Masik said that this was where the the mystery began to unravel. He said, if the Romans put so much effort into making an outstanding construction material, following all of the detailed recipes that had been optimized over the course of many centuries, why would they put so little effort into ensuring the production of a well-mixed final product? There has to be more to this story. And so the answer, yeah, so the answer they say is a chemical reaction. When put under scrutiny, and this is where the science comes in, of imaging and chemical analysis, the team found that the lime clasts were produced from calcium carbonate at high temperatures. Furthermore, in this activated form, the lime clasts can help the concrete self-heal when it is subjected to weather. The water 
Yeah, the water runs through the cracks and reacts with the lime class to form a solution that fills in the cracks and reverts to calcium carbonate. This is also why. Yeah, this is almost like um when we get a cut, isn't it? Where we cut ourselves, or yeah. very slightly. Yeah, like when a callus forms. That's right. Yeah, so you know, oh like, my goodness yeah. me. So oh, self-healing wow. concrete. Yeah, which by the way, <laughs> I wish I had this in my driveway. This would be awesome. By the way, gotta <laughs> yeah, say, I think all of us would yeah. be. Yeah. My next driveway is going to be pulled with Roman concrete if they if they got it sorted out. <laughs> get some lime be. class in there. Yeah. So when it rains, it gets stronger. You know. So um. Oh. Yeah. So this is also why samples taken from underwater have been found to be even harder than those on land. So the lime, so that the lime class are not a byproduct of the process, but a desired outcome is a major discovery. But so too is the identification of the high temperatures needed to produce them. Masick said that the hot mixing methods of the Romans could be the key to everything, even strengthening our own modern concrete. He said in this explanation, the benefits of hot mixing are twofold. Uh, Masick said in news release. First, when the overall concrete is heated to high temperatures, it allows chemistries that are not possible if you use slaked lime, producing high temperature associated compounds that would not otherwise form. Second, this increased temperature significantly reduces curing and setting times since all the reactions are accelerated, allowing for much faster construction. The, wow. Yeah, oh, so wow. it goes on to say the team was able to go so far as to test their theories by making samples of Roman concrete by ancient, uh, by ancient formulas, as well as samples of modern concrete. The samples were deliberately cracked and subjected to two weeks of running water. By the end of the experiment, the water could no longer pass through the Roman concrete, but could easily make it through the modern samples. It is wow. unclear how and when the benefits of Roman concrete will be adapted into modern techniques. But the team noted that they do that to do so may lower the annual greenhouse gas emission, emissions attributed to concrete. Concrete production is estimated to contribute eight percent of global greenhouse wow, gas emissions. Gas gases, yeah. Yeah. So that's wow. where the um, that's where the article finishes. So essentially, they've been able to create a concrete. Uh, the Romans were able to create a concrete that heals itself. So the high heating of the um, of that lime uh, then produces a chemical reaction. That when water passes through it, it actually fills in the cracks and becomes harder and stronger, which is awesome. That, is, that actually that doesn't surprise us, I think, because you look at look at Rome, look at whether the buildings, look yeah. at the, the Colosseum, it's still standing, you know, mostly still yep. standing. Yep. yep. Um. What's the other one? Um. In Greece, oh no, that's Greece. That's Greece. But still, maybe yeah. the Greeks used the same concrete. Yeah. But there are but many Roman amazing. structures that are still around because of Roman around, concrete. Yeah. Roman concrete. Yeah. And um. It, that, this this is a huge economical marketing thing oh, yeah. that happened. Yeah. I, oh my God. Wait till we'll Bunnings has Roman concrete on its shelves and we sells will, it for a markup, talk, you know. Oh my yeah. goodness me. Yeah. Little Caesar's Roman this, concrete. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And we, we, of course, yeah, that's right. We could call yeah. it Caesar Stone, but we've got to Caesar, Caesar Stone. Stone. Oh, yeah, that's Stone. Right, yeah. Stop there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness me, Lindsay. This yeah. is. And. and, and how can oh wow Nero stone, it's amazing you know, something <laughs> Nero, yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> See, that's yeah. Caesar stone hero stone winning Rome concrete <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's correct that's correct yeah. and that's incredible because the, the Romans um was it um invented this mm. and we're just making um just discovering it now yeah the formula it's, it's taken a while for the formula to be rediscovered too so and they've managed to replicate it now which is which is interesting 
Wow, yeah. it's imagine that they get the building and everything, and all of a sudden, no one's written down the ingredients mm. of how to make the yeah. concrete and how they built the um, you know, the coliseums and the mm-hmm. um, the leading tower. Was it leading tower piece? No, I don't Maybe? think. That, oh, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. That's later. Yeah. But other structures around yeah. Rome and aren't the, all the still... arches that you know, victory arches they built and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Which oh, is we're still, still standing. Ex- excavating. We're mm. still excavating parts of the history of um, yeah. the, that Roman um, mm. part of era. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That, that, that's going to blow. Oh, wow. Here's the question I want to research more is how did they know? Mm. So, I mean, you, again, yeah. they were very deliberate. So they had to heat the concrete as, you know, the elements as they were making like, it. Like a thousand degrees or something. It wouldn't it be like. Uh, who knows? Very, yeah. I, yeah. Hot, I don't know if they could, could hot, they get yeah. hot, that hot. I don't know. But anyway, they, but they had to wow. heat the lime, uh, you know, as they were, you know, and then mix it and so on. Uh, how did they know the chemistry of this, you know, without microscopes? Yeah. And without, yeah. Fascinating stuff, isn't it? It's fascinating. Yeah. Just imagine that. You know, you just got a couple of guys who are like, mm. oh, we'll put this together and see what happens. Oh, this 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 pillar's staying there. Oh, yeah. okay. That's all good. It starts raining. Oh, it's still up there. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> it's it got crumbling. stronger. Look at that. Yeah. It's, it's got stronger. It yeah. got stronger. Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. Maybe these is... Romans weren't so crazy after all, according to, you know, Asterix oh, and Oblix. Like, <laughs> I must admit that it has a big saying, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. But it has. But it was built lasted. with good concrete. Concrete. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. has lasted hundreds yeah. and hundreds yep. of years. So. <laughs> There it is. It's, yeah. Wow. Really fascinating. Yeah. Unbelievable, so, man. It I'm is. Sure, it yeah. Is. I'm sure we'll see more scientific discoveries around Roman concrete in the years to come because it's still being researched. So fascinating stuff. Yeah. I can imagine someone, you know, uh, just trying to grab that. Of course, the Italians have to, what is it called? Patent? <laughs> yeah, patent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Someone, patent, yeah. They'll have to grab it yeah. before, you know, yeah. these other guys grab it too. But yeah. it, it is a great marvel mm-hmm. to know. It's great. Yep. Mar- yeah, definitely. Ro- oh, look at that. was a um, driveways. Oh, goodness me. How many cracks go through it? <laughs> goodness me. And in the Aussie um, sun, yeah. Was, yeah, because yeah, sure. I think we, what is it, Lindsay? was like mm. um, in the garage, in our garage, I think we had, of course, it was clean, but we yeah. had to put a sealer. Correct. You yeah, had to yeah. put a yeah. sealer in it so yeah. it just doesn't crack. Yeah. Uh, Maybe with Roman concrete, you won't need to anymore. It'll just seal itself. To. It'll seal itself. Oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine the poor sealer. Um, uh, manufacturers. Yeah. <laughs> we we better get onto this Roman concrete thing. stuff soon, guys, or we're, or we're out of business. Yeah. We're yep. going to put some, um, what is it called, yeah. Lindsay? Stocks. Stock, yeah, that's right. Yep. As soon as it, yeah, as soon as you see market, a Roman, yeah, Roman concrete, yep. yeah. Yeah. Put put little little shares shares concrete. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a pizza machine, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move awesome, on from man. there. That's a great yeah. one. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. And let's finish off with a brief chat about some entertainment. Not what we came here to do. No. It's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? All right, Lino. Um, so sticking to our mm-hmm. commitment to make this podcast close to an hour, we're doing all right. We've got a couple <laughs> of minutes left. So let's do this. All good, all good. Um, yep, so yep, yep, very yep, briefly, yep. let's uh, let's talk about some things that have been entertaining us. Lino, you first. I think you wanted to talk about the um, the brilliant Jack Ryan series on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So the third season uh, just came out last year. So it was in December. Late last year. I think the 22nd, December, I think it was. Yeah. December, yeah. <laughs> Christmas December. present. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. Because, um, last, last season was made in 20, 
don't quote me, 2019? Possibly, yeah, it was I delayed. Think, yeah. It was because it was uh, before the pandemic um, yeah. really lockdowns and happening around the world. Yeah. And it came back and it is a great show. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't watch it with the kids again. I have to try to find. <laughs> yeah, again, definitely not one for the kids. Kids, kids, no. yeah. kids, kids to watch. I'll try to find a good, yeah. good show to watch. No, for not kids. because it's rude or inappropriate, no, but it's um, no, you know, it's just more. It's sort of adult in its dealing with themes. You know, of the you know, like um, like international espionage. You know, and that involves people getting killed. It involves lots of swearing. You know, but not really. Like in terms of sexual innuendo, there's not not really present in that, which is good to see. Um, nah, no, not a lot. It is no, no. sort of hard hitting themes in terms of you know, it um, is, you know, it is nuclear holocaust potential kind of stuff. And yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Me. but I do like that it's it was a lot more action oriented right from the beginning. I, I kind of liked the faster pace of it this time around. Okay, okay, I like a bit of both. I yeah. like a little of both, but yeah. I don't like a lot of lot more talking in action. Mm. I like the mix. If it's yeah. mixed, it's mixed up yeah. well and it's done well. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, but ah, oh, yeah, it's done. This season was good. Yeah, was the, the good, characters, actually. the villains were great. I mean, they've always had great villains oh, yeah. in Jack Ryan yeah. as well. But yeah. again, villains, yeah. um, you know, just the the whole, you know, like there's this Russian faction of politicians who don't like where Russia is going right now and want to. That was it was brilliant. Like it was really well done, you know. And the the, the one thing I did like uh, especially was towards the end, without spoiling too much, but there's a you know, it actually gets to the Jack Ryan on a ship. Disputing with a ship's commander, you know, having yeah, and I like, I really loved that. They they carried that really well. I liked that, um, you know, because that's a theme sometimes in um, what's the author's name, Cl- Clancy? Oh, Jack. Oh, sorry, Tom, um, Clancy. Tom Clancy. Yeah, that's a theme in Tom Clancy's story sometimes. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, yeah. if um, I think um, of course um, a lot of producers we probably know is from that series is from. <laughs> Michael Mann. That's probably where they got the money from because, yeah, he's a, he's a Hollywood director. Um, I can't pronounce his name, people. Sorry, it's John Kronansky. Krasinski? Um, John Krasinski. Yeah. So I think he's more well-known in The Office, the, the TV series. But I, I, I've I been talking to a lot of people. I like him in this role. He can be funny, but he also, when he's serious and he's you know under pressure, he does a, he does a great job. He's a good actor. He is a good actor. Um, and there's a few other people who oh, of course Tom Clancy is one of the producers of it. So Tom Clancy, like all the other people in it who are listening, know that he's an author. And also, as a gamer, <laughs> he's made a few games. Uh, That's right. Yes, yeah. A lot of the games have been, uh, I want to say, coming from the books. It's you know, gamers do whatever they do, but there is a series I wouldn't mind them doing, and I, hopefully they come across this. It's called Rainbow Six. I wouldn't be surprised. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I just hope and pray that it don't coincide with the game. Leave the game aside. Just leave it as, as it is, but concentrate on the books because there are elements on that book. I have to... I've read one of them way back in high school, and I loved it. I'm going to try to find some more to read, Linz. It's such a good book to when read. When did Tom Clancy pass away? He, oh, Tom Clancy. Wait a minute. Did Tom Clancy? No, I think you're thinking of Michael Crichton. Oh, did Tom Clancy? I'm sure oh, yeah, he did. Tom Clancy did. I'm sure he did. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, hang on, let me. Oh wow, Doctor Google. Yeah, <laughs> Google. <laughs> oh, 2013, he passed away. Wow, yeah. so long ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're still using his name. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, a lot of his, his family, property, a his lot of his family. properties were turned yeah, into yeah, yeah. films and uh, games and so on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
but yeah, it's such a good series. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally recommend it. Again, not for kids, but totally recommend it. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of games, quickly as well, because we, we talked about some of the games in his name. Uh, so I uh, purchased a copy of Star Wars Imperial Assault. It's a board game that's been around for a long time, um, mm, and I've yes. uh, been playing it with. Um, yeah, been playing it with my son Damien. So. Uh, there are different methods of play. So one method that we did was uh, where you have an app and the app, as you know, from other games, you know, as well, like Descent and so on, uh, the app yes, acts as the, the dungeon master for you. Exactly. So, it does. Yeah. 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 So now I wouldn't recommend using it on a phone because there's a, when you have to read it, it's, it's just too small. You know, I don't um, know why it's on phones. Yeah. I'm sorry. If they haven't optimized sorry, it for guys. a phone. It's yeah. Why? But if yeah. it's an iPad or I used a laptop for hours. Um, yeah. And so, and had it that way. And then it, um, it helps you go through a tutorial and then it teaches you the rules um, and then you play the game, you know, the story. And it's good because it tells you, it gives you directions for when to move bad guys and who's popped on and who's and how to make the maps and so on. So the app Definitely. itself, um, it takes you through a, a shortened version of, um, of like a, you know, of the game. And basically you end up playing six missions, you know, through it, which are fun and exciting and great. And we thought, well, this is a bit short. So now we're going to play using the 18 mission booklet, uh, but we'll have to Whoa. work things out because you need a dungeon master for that too. So we'll have to find a way to, oh, yeah, right. apparently, okay. yeah, okay. apparently okay. there's a way where you can both play as, as players, um, but then, but, and also be the dungeon master at the same time. Well, the other option we might go with is I'll be the dungeon master and Damien can play with a squad of four players, which he would love a lot to do. So um, you can try we'll find that. A way. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a ton of expansions which I haven't even looked at yet, as, as there always are with board games. But we loved we loved it so much that once we play through the 18 missions, we might even just get the, you know one of the next ones and try and play that too. So we'll see how we go. But that's, that's a total recommend for me. Yeah, a lot well, of fun. Definitely, it's great, great. It's great those games. I would think we got one. It was it um, the Descent version of Descent. It. Yeah, it's and similar rules. It's yeah. From, yep. Yeah, so it's by um. Can we say the name? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, Fantasy Flight. Yeah, and if they um, want to sponsor us, yeah. they can do that too. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're so many guys. Yeah. So like you've got um, what's it called? Um, X Wing miniatures game. Miniatures, which yeah, which, is, which we've talked about before. Yep. Total recommend as well. Love it. Yep. Yeah, this Fantasy Flight is done by them. Um, but it's a great game. Yeah, it's a great game. Um. Uh, what you've been telling me, and also with the Descent sort of version of it. Yeah, yep. yeah. it's a great game to go through. And, um, yeah, you can, yep, as as you go through, I think you can buy the expansions. Yes, that's well. right, yeah. So you can buy expansions, but with the expansions, you can also add your characters that you've bought already. So that's right. So you yep. don't have to buy the add-on for the characters as well as buying the characters. You just buy the characters and you just add on to the yes, characters that's right. from the app. Yeah. And it's all good. Yeah. yeah. And nice. you can, um, if you want, I mean, of course they have to make money somehow. So you can, with, with this, you can buy more characters to make it more interesting and things like that. You don't have to though. That's the good thing. You can just play the core experience. Um, you know, so it's good like that. Yeah. But you can also, and then each character has a little side mission and things like that. But yeah. Definitely. Anyway, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last one is um, I'm still going through Stranger Things season four. Um, where Isabel and I are up to the last episode now. We're, we're watching it slowly because it takes forever to watch because they're so long. I know. Because and, I know yeah. each episode is like an hour yeah. and an hour, yeah. half almost. Yes, yeah, and the last one is like two hours something, I think. So, Woo! yeah, it's I like think a movie. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. almost a movie. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, we've been yeah, enjoying yeah. it so far. It's been really good. I, yeah, I, um, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's been better quality than season two and three. So I thought season one was good. Season two and three were. I mean, season one was great. Season two and three were good, but nothing really 
you know, and I think season three was the lowest. Nothing, it just didn't, it was just like, okay, it's a story, whatever. Um, which I did enjoy it, but it, it didn't really, you know, dazzle me that much. Um, but season four, I think, has been above, above and beyond. It's been really good so far. So uh, nice, I've enjoyed it. Nice, yes. Nice. Yep. Cool, um, cool, cool. Now I understand why everyone has been talking about Kate Bush. And, um, and very soon oh, I'll understand why. Yeah, and apparently very soon I'll be understanding why everyone was talking about Metallica as well. So, <laughs> we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, a good, that's probably a better part. I'm sorry. But, yeah, they just kept on playing the Kate Bush room on our, on our commercial Yeah, radio I was wondering station. why she'd made a comeback. Oh, yeah. And now, now I know why. Yeah. I'm a little bit late to the party, but now I know why. No, no, no. It's all good. It's just like, okay, well. Okay, it's just because the show shows up, <laughs> it goes up a, a song they play it over and over and over. It's like um, I didn't even know I I there was a new Footloose for some reason, but I didn't hear Footloose being played all the time. I love Footloose; it's a great song, but I didn't hear that. Well, no, Footloose reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy now. It, it does, it really does. You know. <laughs> Did you watch the holiday the special? By the way, did you get a chance to watch it? No, I haven't. Ha- we didn't have um Disney Plus. Uh, I'll lend you my so account. I didn't s- say that. No one had oh, me record that. But oh, yeah. oh, Lizzie, uh, Lizzie, I will, no, I, God no. will make a way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Anyway, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. You've got to watch it. Um, uh, I know Caroline watched it and loved it as thoroughly. She, yeah, after um after I spoke about it in our last episode last year, she watched it and said it was great too. A lot of fun. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. All right, let's wrap it up there so we can be close to on time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us for our first episode of 2023, episode 89 of the Catholics of Oz. Before we go, one of my favorite parts of the episode is to thank our patrons who make it possible for the Catholics of Oz to continue, as well as the StarQuest Network. Today, we would love to thank Teresa T, George and Veronica C, Ed K, Rodney C, and Kate D. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on the StarQuest network to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, we'd love to know your thoughts about any of the topics we've discussed today. Um, your thoughts on um, Pope Benedict Sixteenth? Did you watch his funeral? Um, or did you, um, was there anything about his life that, you know, that was important to you? Um, and Cardinal George Powell, the Australian Connection, if anyone has any thoughts on him. Uh, self-healing concrete from the Romans. Did you heard? Have you heard of this before? We was, yeah, self-healing, self-healing yeah. concrete. We were as amazed as we are. Yeah. So um, oh, anything wow. like that? Yeah. Anything that's entertaining you, just send it across, and we'd love to read about it. You can send us your feedback by visiting sqp sqpn dot com slash oz. We can also find our show notes. Don't forget while you're on the StarQuest website that you can also sign up to the Insiders Club newsletter to get updates about your favorite shows sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter and you can also find sqpn on all the socials sqpn on facebook sqpn at twitter uh and don't forget that we have our own facebook page facebook.com slash catholics of oz you can join us there to discuss our latest episodes and don't forget also that starquest has a discord uh sqpn.com slash discord where you can sign up there and talk about your favorite shows and meet other people who um who love to listen to the different shows on the network as well. Or you can reach us by email, good old email at catholicsofoz at sqpn.com. Happy birthday to Caroline again. I know when she listens to this, if she does listen to it. Happy that, uh, birthday that... to you. <laughs> oh, is that what you're going to sing? All right, anyway. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going to keep going. Yeah. I'll be yeah. in trouble. Yeah. I'll be in big trouble. Yeah. Um, but tribute to Caroline. We love you and we yep. can't wait to have we you back on the show Caroline. when you come back from Middle Earth yep. slash New Zealand. And Lino, mm-hmm. as always, good to be behind the mic with you again. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you very much, Ev. 
hopefully everyone has a good day and take care and God bless. And once again, I'm Lindsay Sand, and thank you so much for listening to episode 89 of the Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Star Trek. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Trek.